0: Greetings. This is Hear Her Sports Podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about female athletes and other women in sport. I'm your host, Elizabeth Emery. A big welcome. Today's episode is a poem, a poem of water, rivers, and the cadence of music in life and in athletics. My guest is Ping.
1: My name is Ping Wang or Wang Ping. The Chinese way is Wang Ping. American way is Ping Wang. Please call me Ping.
0: My conversation with Ping is full of stories and adventures. Ping is so many things. She is the author of 15 books, a teacher, an installation artist, founder and director of Kinship of Rivers Project, and a water traveler. She's also a competitive rower. Ping grew up in China during the Cultural Revolution. It wasn't until she was in her mid-20s when she got into China's best college, Beijing University, that she first discovered her athletic body and I'll let her tell that story. Ever since those first days in the gym, she has found stunning success and great power in multiple sports, martial arts, figure skating, and canoeing, just to name a few. In the episode, find her ideas about how creativity and sports connect. I believe they do, and Ping's insights are just so cool. Watch for a common thread throughout our conversation about what it's like to be an older athlete, or maybe I should say an aging athlete, Despite dealing with injuries, old and new, Ping still rose 10 to 15,000 meters every day on the Mississippi River during the warm months. Not now, of course, in the cold of winter. At the very end, Ping wraps things up with strong words about aging well with nature and how not to waste gifts. It was an honor to have Ping on the show. She and I lived in New York City at the same time, way back in the day, and are now both Midwest women. So I think of her as a friend and hope to meet her in person one day soon. Ping and I thought it might be possible to record while she was in Mongolia on an upcoming trip. We ended up catching a bit of singing inside a yurt. (laughs) Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here and I'm you know like I'm really happy that this recording worked out before you head out on your trip to the Yellow River.
1: Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah and I'm so excited that you are open to do some broadcast from Mongolia.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting. Can you tell yes. us more about the trip?
1: Yeah well um, I have not been back since 2013. I did an expedition along the Yangtze River. And I was doing my Kingship of Rivers project, and uh, after I traveled along the Mississippi four times doing the prayer flags and with poetry and art and music and food, I gathered about 2,000 prayer flags and From actually just not just from Mississippi River, but also from Amazon. Um, I visited uh, Peru and Venezuela and other places and Europe and other many other rivers in America. So as I promised, I brought all these prayers back to the Yangtze and bring it starting from Shanghai and all the way to to the source of the Yangtze River, and which is in Tibet, and after that, um, I promised uh, the 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 makers that I will bring them to the Everest, which I did. So that was a really uh, a lot of planning, a lot of funding, and a lot of organization and. Um, uh, kind of took me out for 10 years, uh, for for about five to eight years. Then I was ready to go back again to see my mom. So I started planning going back in 2019, and then I actually had three trips planned back to China, doing lectures and doing more to see my mom. In 2020, uh, then COVID hit. So that stopped me for three more years. And now I'm back. I'm leaving on Sunday. Uh, this time I'm going to travel along the Yellow River. I've been translating poetry, um, and of course, from, from the Yangtze River because I've traveled so much along the Yangtze River. I was born in Shanghai, by the way. And, uh, and I, I'm a Tibetan Buddhist. So I always ended up like in Shanghai, that's the uh, the end of the Yangtze, then always traveled along the uh, the Yangtze River through Sichuan, Yunnan, and uh, then Tibet. As I translated the poets, I just realized I also needed to follow the poets and their poetry along the Yellow River. So, and actually my father's site was from Shandong, which is the, the end of the Yellow River. And you know, both uh, rivers, the Yellow and Yangtze, they all came from the same place in Tibet. Uh, actually, Tibet plateau, it's called the San Yuan, three river source. So the Yangtze River, Yellow River, and the other is Nujang, which actually flows towards uh, southwest and then into Mekong. So I'd like to uh, actually translate and publish an anthology of Chinese poets from the two rivers which are also the cradles of Chinese civilization. But for me as a translator, I have to, I call it measure the land and river with my body. Uh, So I need to walk and hopefully uh, ride horses (laughs) if it's not too cold and dance and sing uh, along the Yellow River. And hopefully I can also paddle if the river is not frozen. The ideal time, of course, is summer, spring, summer, and fall. But um, as a competitive rower, those are the seasons that I have to train and also travel around the world to compete. But that's okay. You know, the winter, I live in Minnesota, and uh, I'm used to cold weather. Uh, I just want to tell you a little funny story about uh, how I traveled uh, the the Mississippi River. Uh, One year, I decided on New Year's Day to start my whole Mississippi River expedition. I decided to start from Lake Atasca on New Year's Day, uh, starting with uh, skiing. I want to use different traveling methods and on the way there to to the source i purchased uh, a new uh, ski <laughs> i was convinced to 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 get a very expensive uh, new skis and um, which is waxed right and i've never used a waxed ski and i have no idea how to wax it <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so it was below 25 degrees, negative, right, Fahrenheit. And the ski, just like every three, I started ski, and I will flop face down into the ice and snow. And it was below 25. <laughs> so you can imagine, like, like, just my whole body, like everything in me, inside and out, I was just frozen. And it was it was really painful, but it was really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well now it's hilarious. <laughs> I know, it was. It was also kind of dangerous because sure. like there are some hills, right? You go down and just suddenly you stopped, right? You just like tumble you face down and tumble down, you know. <laughs> so I was younger at that time, so I can still endure constant falling. Not now. You know, <laughs> I, I walked into uh, a gym class uh, in uh, 1980, 1984 at Beijing University, and, uh, you know, um, to get into Beijing University with second grade uh, elementary school education it was already a miracle because I taught myself everything. And uh, took the exam and got into Beijing University. Of course, I did not know anything about science, so I have to forego, um, give up all the like math, like this, all the science sections, because there's no way for me to teach myself, and there are no books that I can learn from, and no teacher. But I can teach myself English, Chinese, and history. In geography so that's why I decided to to give up all the science and get uh, perfect scores on all the humanities and I I thought I would be lucky to get into any university but I actually got into Beijing University so that was already a miracle and then the next miracle is because my English was so perfect because I actually taught myself with some um, Doris Lessing's uh, golden notebook and uh, through a dictionary and I recited uh, many sections from Anna. I didn't know the book was written by Doris Lessing at that time because there was no cover (laughs) and there were many missing pages, but somehow I uncoded the book and uh, through memorization, and during the test right, uh, exam, college entrance exam, I cited a lot of uh, Anna's passages. And they thought my English was really good. So they skipped, they promoted me to the second grade, uh, the sophomore in Beijing University. And then because of that, my gym class was also promoted. So I walked into the promoted uh, gym class and That gym teacher happened to be the coach, the head coach of Beijing University Gymnastic, Arithmetic Gymnastic, right? And after the class, she beckoned me to the, the uneven bars and just threw me onto it. I had no idea. I had no training, nothing ever in any athletic training because I have no school. Like after I finished my second grade, the Cultural Revolution began, so there was no school for me. Um, I just followed her hands. When I came down, she said, do you want to join the team? And I said, yes. And after two months training, I got her gold medals one after another. And for that, yeah. And uh, that was an even bigger, like a revelation to me. Because I was already 22, 23 years old and was, you know, because of the Cultural Revolution delay, you know, college was closed for 10 years, right? And uh, so I got in at a kind of like pretty old age. And uh, gymnasts, usually gymnastics, you're supposed to train when you were five, right? And I I have nothing. I have nothing. My body was like blank page, right? So I thought, wow, like, my body has infinite potentials, right, if I let it be. And uh, so that was just like a huge, huge, just like breakthrough uh, or realization of what I could do, right. So when I came to United States, um, Then at the end of the Beijing University, I just somehow got into figure skating and I came to America. I started skating. When I got my first uh, high paying job at the bank teaching Chinese to those bankers, uh, when I got my first paycheck, I just ran and got myself like the most expensive skates (laughs) skates <laughs> and i started skating <laughs> then i moved to uh minnesota and there was a lot of rinks right and uh, so actually my, i found a coach and i started skating and um, then i got uh, a gold from uh, the world amateur figure skating in a competition wow so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, actually I got into fencing and uh, in New York and that's how I met my uh, the father of my children uh, at the fencing club. My coach was a Russian fencer. He kept saying like, Ping, if you were younger, I would train you for Olympics. You are a born fighter, right? And <laughs> that's the first time someone actually told me. I think the first time, Without telling me it was my gymnastic teacher, coach, you know. Just like, even though I had no training, he just saw something in me, right? And he uh, enlisted me to her gymnastic team, you know. I became her captain pretty quickly, you know. So, yeah, Uh, even though I didn't start young, I started pretty late. I just got into whatever sports I walked in, I picked it up. Because I have no fear, I'm curious, I, I I'm playful, and I just thought, if I lose, what do I lose, right? You know, and I'm not afraid of falling, right? Um, I have a black belt in uh, Okinawa style uh, karate. I, we don't call it karate karate is for Korean martial art, and I also studied uh, tai chi, uh, tai chi sword, and Shaolin uh, with different masters One day I walked into the the, to the dojo my coach was like uh, People were practicing Japanese sword They like there was a piece of paper hanging from the ceiling everyone was cutting from Left right center left right center right was the sword and they've been practicing for years and I just said can I try and my coach said, sure, and he handed me a sword, and I started cutting, and I won the contest. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> then he said, you should have the sword. It's yours. and um, It's priceless. It's many years old. It has a lot of saw a lot of blood on it, and, uh, and I said, no, I can't take that. It's just too precious, too heavy a gift. He said, uh, it's calling your name. Just take it. So I still have that sword, right? And he just took, a, like a token price, right? Uh, money. He said the same thing. The ping, you are born fighter. You're, you're a warrior. And I carry those people's words, right? Blessings, I call. I try to carry out their blessings and transfer the blessing to other female uh, students and male students. I was a professor of poetry at Macalester College for twenty years, and um, my favorite students are actually. Oh, I draw lots of students, athlete students, right? So. The saying among them is before you graduate from a canister, you must take Ping's class, right? <laughs> so I think I was, during those 20 years, I was transferring the blessing to the younger generations. And uh, through teaching, I also realized like all the gifts, right, to be an athlete, to be a poet, to be an artist, to be a singer, Painter, like those abilities have been given to us when we were born. Those are like our birthrights, and if we just allow it, right, uh, we can do. We can do anything, basically. <laughs> That's my belief, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't have to be certain sport, right? If you find something that fits you, just go for it. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can't do it.
0: I sure hope you're enjoying today's episode with Ping. If you are, please consider supporting the show with a cup of coffee. All of the support I receive from listeners through the Buy Me a Coffee platform and the Hear Her Sports Bookshop page go directly to editing and producing this podcast which means your support increases the amount of media coverage for female athletes and women in sport. As mentioned in the intro, Ping has written many books. I've included a few in the recommended list on our bookshop page. However, once you are on our page, whatever you order supports Hear Her Sports. Go to hearhersports.com books. Sports media coverage for women is on the rise, but primarily from small enterprises like this very podcast. We absolutely can use your help to keep us strong, growing, and well-fueled. Every donation is very much appreciated. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash her or to the support tab on hearhersports.com. Also find there a menu tab for our bookshop page. Thank you.
2: Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer, Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner, Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures.
0: Now, let's get back to Ping and the connection between rowing, art, water, and the pulse of life. You were saying that at school, when you were teaching, the athletes at school were taking your poetry class. Right. That's fascinating. Yeah.
1: What yes. What uh, do you think was
0: yeah. the, I mean, obviously you were the draw, but like, what, did, what do you see as the connection?
1: Well, cadence. The foundation for poetry is music, right? than images, but the the, the ground is cadence, is music. For athletes, for sports, if you don't have the cadence, right, you can't do sports, you know. Life is about cadence. I took 10 years to to get a medical degree in traditional Chinese medicine, and half of the training is uh, Western medicine. So my main focus is the brain, neurology, right, and neuroscience. Because of my different interests, I, you know, uh, my interest, my my love for movement, right? So I somehow connected all these things, like our brain, our language, poetry, our bodies, language for cadence, right? And also the beginning, the, the birth of life and its journey, it's all based on cadence. Our heartbeat, the pulse, you know. Uh, New York Times, actually, like, uh, they turned the spoke section into athletic pulse. I think it's a really good title. The pulse is really the beginning of everything, beginning of life, beginning of, of Earth, right, and also the beginning of the universe, the pulse, you know, the first heartbeat.
0: Is that what you like about movement? Yes. I'm just fascinated because, you know, I'm also an artist, and often this yes. connection between art and sport is not yeah. easily understood, right? But you've just you've just explained it, or you've explained a big component yeah. of it.
1: Yeah, the cadence is also the force, right? I'm also very, very. I've been studying the quantum physics, right? The entanglement um, that. Uh, how do I explain? In art, right, we basically, like, the first thing, the impulse of the art is we, we pause, right? Everything is always in constant, you know, movement, constant movement, right? And uh, the so-called noise or the, the movement or, or the, the, the distraction or just so many information is just flying around. And the art and the artist is like the Job is to, to pause that movement, that noise, and the capture that. Like what? What is it? So we took a grain from the mountains, a sand, a grain of sand from the mountain, and look at it. And then we see the entire mountain. We see the entire. Universe and present it to the people who are too busy, you know, to appreciate, to understand, to feel. I just feel like, as artists, as athletes, right, we experience that pausing moment, right, that fleeting moment of beauty and nirvana, right, <laughs> to say, yes, I got it, you know. You, and, don't, you uh, don't
0: seem like a pauser though, to me.
1: Well, you, you I seem do like pause. a lot of movement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do pause. I, I pause a lot uh, every day. I have to pause, like two to four hours writing. Like I sit, even though it's it hurts me a lot. My body, as my body ages, right, uh, sitting long hours is devastating. Actually, but I have to do it. You know, uh, that's the only way I can live. Then rowing two hours every day in the river, uh, that is also my pause, even though it's measured with, you know, strokes, right? Stroke after stroke, stroke by stroke, right? Uh, That is my heartbeat, that I can like actually feel it. I call the conscious uh, uh, listening of my heartbeat, conscious feeling of my uh, my consciousness, of my mind, and uh, the awakened dreaming, because it's hard to control our sleep. It's hard to control our dreams. But when I roll in the water, I can actively like push away or let go all the noises while being awake and enter that dream the peaceful, the quiet space, right? And uh, then um, do something very creative, uh, very beautiful. And even if I do not do any creative work while rowing, I get uh, active like rest. I call it active rest, you know, for it's my good. soul.
0: Yeah, it's good for yeah. your mind too. I always find that yes, exercise gives me great ideas. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. A lot of breakthroughs, like for my dissertation, uh, which turned out to be a book, Aching for Beauty, for Finding China. Um, I was trying to finish it in New York. And our first son was born in New York, too. Then we decided to move to Minnesota, St. Paul. And we actually, like, I gave a huge banquet. (laughs) On the floor, actually, all the furniture is gone already. So all the great poets and writers and artists like Allen Gainsbourg, you know, and uh, other people uh, came. We had a feast sitting on the floor. So (laughs) um, then we just drove in a van through Maine, uh, then took the ferry into Canada through... um, Toronto, Vancouver, Quebec, and entered Minnesota from Grand Marais. And we hiked a lot in Canada. And I was re- in New York. I was really stuck on a few key, very important concepts about this my dissertation, and it was all solved during my uh, trek with my one-year-old son Ariel on my backpack, actually. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was really happy. Yes. (laughs) Well, let's talk some
0: rowing. How did you get started on rowing?
1: Uh, Well, you will laugh. Uh, A guy who wanted to hang out with me, uh, um, spent some time with me. He invited me to uh, learn to row program. It's usually very difficult to get in, but somehow, uh, somebody backed out, and there was a spot, and he invited me to fill the spot. I said, okay, I'll give it a try. Um, I thought it was really easy, right, uh, having done a gymnast and uh, gymnastic and fencing and, you know, uh, figure skating and karate. So I said, okay, I'll try. So after one uh, first day, I was hurting from head to toe, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> He got a few blisters on his hands and he vanished. I never saw him again. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I stayed and I just got hooked. Yeah. And also like that day, right? I, uh, we were like, you know, just going out in a, like a big tugboat and it was just very really awkward and you know, just got splashed everywhere. and then I saw a woman, older woman, carrying his red boat down the dock and she looked so fit and so powerful and also so graceful and that image like she was holding the boat over her head as if she was holding the whole sky and the whole river in her hands over her shoulder over her head and i was just like enchanted i said I would like to do that someday, holding the sky, holding the boat with the entire Mississippi in the boat. Um, And I did that, and I'm now, really, every day I can hold the boat filled with the entire Mississippi River (laughs) over my head (laughs) metaphorically of course right (laughs) but but the symbol of course is just like tremendous like every day as I was holding the boat down the dock right put it down and uh, roll 10 to 15 thousand meters every day you know and I'm just grateful to that older woman athlete. Just like how she inspired me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's
0: beautiful to be on the water, too. And especially in those boats, you're so low, you're almost sitting on the water.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. And uh, rowing also, you have to be one completely with the water. The oars, the long oars have to become your extension of your arms and the body and the core. And the feet, right? And that's why I mentioned. After the first day of rowing, I was hurting from head to toe. I was just shocked, like because I was doing everything every day, like you know. <laughs> I really like moments. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was figure skating. I was like doing yoga. I was doing martial art, right? And I was picking up my kids, running around with my kids, and I was like. You know, taking my students, paddling the entire Minnesota River, you know, camping, just everything, right? I thought I was like really athletic, right? <laughs> uh, God knows, like, I was hurting from head to toe after the first day because rowing does, I know, rowing does like involve the muscles head to toe. So much, yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'm talking about Rowing being one uh, with the river, so so to be one with the river is not easy. You really have to pay attention, right? That's why rowing is just for me is just active meditation. Especially rowing in the river, the water changes uh, section to section. The river likes to, you know, curve, right? And with each bend the current changes. Uh, there's constant whirlpools and um and the rocks and deadheads, right? Uh all changes how the river runs. And the oars entering the water, uh just each moment of the oars catching the water, uh, drives through the water. Uh you really have to feel with your entire being and you have to react to it, right? Or go with it. And that forces you to just, you can't let your mind go. You cannot feel distracted. You really have to pay attention. So just imagine, right, in our normal life, right? If we can keep our attention focused just like for one minute, that's really like not easy already. Right, our mind is a monkey, right? Always wants to just, you know, uh, climbing up and down, screaming, you know, all the time, right? But just imagine you have to keep your focus on for one to two hours, how much benefit you can get from that. So I feel really lucky that I can roll, you know, I'm a rower. Had
0: you already started your water projects your river projects when you started to
1: row uh, no i started river project uh, a few years before okay. and once i started rowing of course i extended uh, blended right into rowing so yeah so i used rowing as part of my project i think uh, after the 12 years of rowing i have rowed the entire mississippi like a few times already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, paddling, um, talking about paddling, right? There are so many ways of traveling the river. I took my classes, poetry classes to paddle the Mississippi River, the Minnesota River, which you know, enters Mississippi at Fort Snelling, where I live, and uh, paddle the Sinqua River, uh, the entire Sinqua River. I also paddled uh, the Columbia River uh, from the source at the Lake uh, Columbia yes. and many other places. And paddling is quite interesting. And actually I also paddled 10 days of the 365 river miles uh, with the uh, Quapau uh, Canoe Company. And it was a really, really interesting uh, expedition. I didn't realize Mississippi River it's so wild, you know. <laughs> we chased uh, we chased after the tugboats. When they pass, they make huge waves. So our canoe would just go after that, just ride those big waves. You know, in and out. It was <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it's dangerous, but sure, it's really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. And those big canoes are amazing. Uh, There are only, like, one, like, very few who can still make those, you know, voyager big canoes, Mm -hmm. and um, they're like little boat, like, uh, you know, little tugboats. Twelve people, twelve of us, like, we carry everything, unlimited amount of things. Water, food, you know, people, computers, sleeping bags, and art supplies. You know, we just paddle, then we camp on the sandbars, right? It's just fishing and cooking and uh, picking fruit. And we even found some wild watermelons. You know, (laughs) it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing.
0: It seems like the rowing that you do, you know, like crew that you do is so different from the paddling. Because in the crew, you're competing and you're traveling around the world. You know, you mentioned that your whole year is sort of based around the regattas that you're doing. Versus yes. these paddling, which is, you know, like understanding the water is much more communal, is, you know, like meeting and seeing and experiencing.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, paddling is uh, very communal. Yes. Um, we are in the same boat. In the beginning, that trip, right, for that trip, the Lower Mississippi canoe trip, there were like eight people, seven men and one woman. And I said, Uh Uh-oh, not good (laughs) because, (laughs) well, it's not like seven men, I'm the only woman, right? It's because in Chinese tradition, if there are seven men and a woman, one woman, the fishermen would not set sail because that's for sure the boat will flip or the storms will come right <laughs> and it never fails in in according to the Chinese tradition you know so I I, I told the person in charge I said oh, not a good <laughs> not a good sign so so he found other people to join us right and uh, so it was really fun you know yeah and we we uh, paddle we also like just paddle down the river we met with people and and we stop to make art and make prayer flags. And the rowers, I don't know, rowers seem not so interested in uh, making art for some reason. <laughs> I tried many times. <laughs> I think their focus is just, you know, just compete and win, right? <laughs> or cry if they lose, you know, if we lose. <laughs> Especially like, you know, for example, um, like in South Africa, the 2023 World Regatta, it was a really, really fun uh, regatta. And uh, one of the mixed quads that I was stroking, we were, it's really fierce competition, right? And we were ahead uh, all the time from the very beginning to the very last 100 meters and they passed us. We lost by zero point zero zero two seconds. <laughs> right? It's it was sick. <laughs> and now it just like it was a great competition, but it just like really eat up from me. <laughs> like really just bugs me for like weeks and months, right? But of course I'm really happy for the because the the, the, the bow that won beat us that they, they've been rowing together for a long, for all their life. They're from Duluth uh, Rowing Club, and they are very experienced. They know how to charge at the last minute. And our boat is, you know, uh, two Minnesota, one from Britain, the other from Belfast, right? And we, we really enjoyed it so much you know, but we, we lost, uh, in the last, you know, and, uh, you'll, you'll but it was good.
0: Go, yeah. You'll have to go back next time.
1: Yeah. We have to do it again, you yeah. know, and, uh, there are many factors, but still it was a good race and, um, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Even though I was just so upset, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good upset, right? I learned a lot from that, you yeah. know? So, yeah.
0: You talked a lot about, so far, about being an older athlete. Um, Yes. And I've been talking to older athletes lately. So I wonder what your take is on it. Because, you know, you started later, but you've been an athlete. You've been involved in movement for a really long time. And you've stayed fit. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how, how has it been changing for you? And particularly since you go on these adventures. Like, you're going on a very big trip to the Yellow River you know, it's important to be fit to be able to do the adventures.
1: Yes, the being fit is very, very, very important. Uh, I think it's also for the mind. Now, my body is changing, right? Because I get injured more easily and I recover much slowly. Uh, the injury and a lot of old injuries just. Uh, Stop really bothering me. For example, I broke my tailbone doing figure skating. I just fell, crashed on my tailbone so many times, trying to learn certain, like, you know, jumps. <laughs> yeah, axels and uh, so till the end I had to stop because I was really hurting myself, you know and when i was younger my body can mask it uh, compensate right and now at this age all the uh, like old injuries just like coming out right so i have to actually um 2 years ago i fell running uh from running because my old comfortable running shoes just the sole just suddenly opened up uh tripped me over like the sole literally like fell out, right, and open up like in half. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, because I knew I shouldn't run with it, uh, but I thought this is the last time. And, uh, and <laughs> it I ran was the and last time. Up. <laughs> it was last time, yes. <laughs> and it was like really cold, right? Um, I actually, I was like running with my uh, COVID sample to test my COVID result, uh, saliva, for my trip, winter training camp, rowing training camp, in Florida in a week, right? So I thought, oh, this is a good one. i just ran to train for my like six-mile training, running training, right? And I fell uh, halfway, really hard, and I knew something was wrong. So I thought, all right, I just couldn't finish the running, so I just ran back, and I limped running back home. Then in a few hours, my knee was swollen into like a basketball. I'm not kidding. (laughs) And I just can't walk, can't bend, can't even use the toilet, because I cannot bend, you know. So i just been hopping on one leg. So I just used my mind and said, Ping, and I knew, I think I shattered my kneecap, right? Because I did that before skating and I knew how it felt like, right? So I told my knee, just, you better get better before the tr- camp because you need to go to the camp, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I use a lot of like massage, acupuncture, herbs and painkiller and I just, bend, you know, and bend and try to, just because in order to, to roll, I have to be able to bend my knee, right? So I did, I managed to bend my knee and I went to Florida and I said, like, I will nurse you after I come back from the rowing camp. And I did, and I'm still nursing me because <laughs> I forced it too much. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But the mind did play. The mind is really powerful. And our body will follow, you know, when the mind, of course, there's a price to pay for it afterwards, (laughs) right? Right. So now I am doing physical therapy, which is very helpful, actually. I have to relearn how to walk, right? Uh, So my, my body is doing a complete reconfiguration. It's a really interesting process. It's painful. But it's really uh, very interesting, you know, when you have to start from the base, right? But at the same time, I just thought, wow, I won all kinds of medals with only one leg, right? <laughs> which seemed like <laughs> the symbol of my life. I hopped into Beijing University, which is like Harvard in China, right? On one leg, right? Because basically on the leg of humanity, right? Uh, I have no science, right? You know, and now I hopped into competitive rowing scene on one leg, basically. And I'm really looking forward to uh, restore the the atrophy, the left leg, and uh, then I can do even better uh, in 2024, which I signed up for London, Germany, and uh, then all over America uh, regardless.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. A big year. So. so, have have you made any adjustments to the upcoming trip based on your age, or you're just going full throttle and you'll hope for the best?
1: Oh no, um, I never hope for the best. I always prepare for the best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm daring, right? But also, sure. I'm very, uh, very cautious. I don't like to just like do things. You know, I do sometimes, Uh, I do stupid things, and every time I do stupid things without proper preparation, I get into trouble. For example, I went skiing uh, on New Year's Day this year um, in Colorado, steamboat, right? And I never downhill skied. I thought I could do it because I was, uh, you know, a champion in figure skating. But <laughs> well, I overestimated myself, and I also had a broken uh, leg on the left leg, right? It was only 65% strength, you know. And, of course, I kept falling on my left leg. And finally, I twisted my... I pulled uh, the, 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 the ligament on the interior side of knee, and I pulled uh, the muscle, on the interior muscle on the left leg. So I have to start from over again, from zero again, Yeah, And my knee was swollen. So I thought, all right, no more. And That was really stupid. And I will, you know, be cautious. I have to be grateful for rowing because I haven't been able to walk properly. I've been limping for two years, right? Um, I couldn't jump. I couldn't run. And uh, I have been rowing because of the way the rowing works. I could row and compete, you know, so, and it's really, really good uh, therapy for my leg. You know, it kept my leg, both legs strong, you know, the quads, you know, so, yeah, I'm really grateful for this sport.
0: You know, I'm not, I'm sorry that you get injured so frequently, but I do love that you just say yes to so many things and jump in and try and,
1: you right. know. Yeah. It's great. About rowing? My plan and my dream <laughs> is to roll till my last breath. And I really hope I can do that, you know. Yeah. Yes. And I hope to keep dancing too. I'm a flamingo dancer, and also I love um, uh, classical Chinese dance. And I'm really looking forward to learn some Mongolian dance. Have you heard Mongolian music? It's amazing. I highly recommend there. Their ma it's kind of like, uh, it's a little bit similar to viola, violin or viola, mm-hmm. right? It's similar to that. And it's just, uh, it's amazing. And the Mongolians is uh, really, they know how to dance, right? So I hope my leg will be strong enough. By the time I arrive in Mongolia, I can learn some Mongolia dance. That'd be you know? wonderful. Yeah. and ride horses yeah mongolian people are amazing they're just they're they're like like me right like very adventurous and like to laugh you know and uh, just like uh, go free i don't like to feel restricted in certain area and uh, so they're like that you know the chinese word is haoshuang
0: uh, so well I'm, anyway. I'm jealous of that trip it, it
1: uh, yeah
0: sounds fantastic is there a way that you'd like to wrap up our conversation today?
1: Um, yeah, I'd like to, um, how should I say, it? aging is a process, and it's really up to us, right? Aging is also a journey. It's up to us how to walk this journey, right? We can either just, you know, we don't have to, like, become just filled with with sorrow or pills or aching or tubes. If we allow our mind and heart and body to flow, right? uh, Just like, just look at animals, right? How they age, like how they age so beautifully and gracefully, right? We are animals too, right? Don't ever forget that we are part of nature We're part of that animal kingdom. So we're part of that life process, right? And uh, we can age beautifully and gracefully and actively. And that is my plan. And I hope that's also every person's plan. We are all athletes by birth. It's our gift. We're all artists and poets and writers by birth. And it's our gift. Do not waste it. Just use it and have fun with it.
0: Well, thank you. That is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. May we all age that way. Thanks again. Yes. Thank you. And that's the end of our show today. It was extraordinary to connect with Ping. I thank her for her generosity and making the extra effort to connect all the way from Mongolia. If you are interested in episodes with somewhat similar themes, I would suggest the following. Elizabeth Streb, who aims to use up her entire body during her lifetime. 73-year-old runner Barb Broad, who won her age group at Boston Marathon four times. Jay Grunke, who helps runners from beginners to Olympians improve their form and performance using the Feldenkrais method. And finally, there have been many episodes with rowers, young and old, including Irish Olympian Afri Keo and U.S. Olympian Maddie Wanamaker from way back when she was a U-23 athlete. I'm going to also add to the list Mallory Hatmaker because she talks about running for her mental health and general well-being. Find all of those episodes on your favorite podcast player or at hearhersports.com. Also on the website, there are ways to reach me, sign up for the newsletter, browse through show notes, and to support the podcast through bookshop.com. Buy Me A Coffee, and our new affiliate, Naboso, who make, among other things, wonderful insoles with little feet sensitizing nubs on them. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I'm so glad you're listening to the stories by my incredible guests. I appreciate your time and attention because there is so much to listen to out there. So thank you for choosing Hear Her Sports Podcast today. If you enjoy the show or learned something, please be sure to tell your friends about us or review the show on your podcast player. I know you've heard it before, but spreading the word really does make a huge difference as we grow. Hear Her Sports is a proud member of Evergreen Podcast. For more information or to check out other shows on the network, please visit evergreenpodcast.com. Thank you to them and to you for your ongoing support and for being part of the growth of women's sports. Until next time, bye-bye.